I've been talking about the reality of God's love. And uh, uh, in my, this is actually my, my final on this uh, topic, uh, the reality of God's love. In uh, part one, we talked about how much God loves us. I hope you've been enacting in your life, God loves me. Amen. You, you got to, you know, when you're facing difficulties in life, it's easy to say, why, where is God? Why has he left me here? He hasn't left you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We, we have a wrong interpretation of love. God loves us so much. Uh, he, 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 he will take us places that maybe we don't want to go to reveal things in our hearts so that we can be free. That's what he did with the Israelites. He took them the long way into the promised land so they could see and deal with what was in their heart. It wasn't that he didn't love them. It was because he did love them. Now, they didn't like it. They, they started complaining, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? We had graves back in Egypt and all this kind of stuff. They couldn't see God's love. love. Thus, the other thing that we talked about in the first second, section is that uh, in Galatians, it says faith worketh by love. Amen. They could not see the love of God and it hampered their faith. We also talked about how fear, uh, love cast out all fear. A lot of people struggle with fear. If you understand how much God loves you, you will not struggle with fear because God is love and God and love will cast the fear out. Yes. It's, it's in our inability to see God's love, which typically comes from the circumstances that we're walking through. Because I, I don't know about you. One of my favorite commercials ever was Staples and the easy button. I like the easy button. It's probably only me. You guys probably enjoy challenges and hardships and different things like that. I like the easy button. So when we're walking through something and it's not easy, we kind of forget about that God loves us right now. But God will never leave us nor forsake us. Everything, even, take a, a worst case scenario, Job, who um, a theologian say that lasted about nine months where he lost everything he had and his his body was plagued and everything. He came out better at the end. Like a lot better. God took him through something, but brought him out on a higher side. This God, God will take it. This way, James count, said, count it all joy when you fall into various types of, of difficulties. Because it's going to work something in your faith and cause within you to be consistent. Patient, but it's a word that means consistency. You're consistent in everything. That you may be complete and entire, wanting nothing. You'll be full. Amen? Then part two, we talked about the walls we build. Now, don't think, because we've all been hurt in life by somebody who said they love us. We build walls for protection in our life. We keep people at arm's length. Everybody's a little bit different on that, that distancing that they keep people. That they will not allow them into that place that they're going to get hurt again like they did before. Don't, don't fool yourself. If you've got a wall up between somebody else, you've got a wall up between you and God. Because if there's a wall up, there's a wall up. It's for everybody. I, I've said it many times, and a lot of people just kind of look at me cross-eyed. If you've got an anger issue, even when you're being nice, anger is in there. Because you have anger. In the same likeness, if you've got a wall up, that wall up is even in times of closeness. That you may allow somebody to come closer to you, but there's a wall there. The Bible says, he that the son is set free is free indeed. Got to get rid of the wall to be free. 
In fact, it's very interesting on the love walk and the reality of God's love is to put yourself in a position for God's love to fully manifest in your heart and in your life. It's what we would perceive as a position of risk. How how can I step out into that? Every element of God's word, and as I talked about on Friday, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, God wants his word upheld. But for you and I to live and uphold the word of God, then then I'm putting myself at risk. Now, I'm going to get into this. I'm wrapping up this love, the reality of God's love uh, today, and I hope you'll be open to it. Uh, But go to 1 John chapter 3. Thank you. This is where I I should have paused there. Let me do that again. I'm learning. 1 John chapter 3. All right. People excited about the word of God. Amen. Uh, 1 John 3.16, this is where I ended last week, or or towards the end last week. Hereby perceive we the love of God. Now, now, we have a perception problem, whether you realize it or not. We all do. Nobody's exempt from this. Because everything we function by is our perception of how a situation works. Now, on my Wednesday nights where I'm dealing with money right now, It's a really hard subject because people have very strong perceptions about money. And and even in the teaching on this subject, it's very easy to take what I'm, I'm teaching on and bring it down into what you presently understand about money. Because you have an opinion on money. I have an opinion on money. We all have an opinion on money. And so, so, but the same thing's true on love. We all have a, uh, an opinion on love, how love works. People will say they love things, but then they behave in a way that's not very lovable. Yeah. Have you ever seen somebody do that? Yes. Have you ever done that? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm sure we're all guilty of that. That somebody we loved and now we can't stand? Was it really love? Because love won't allow you to do that. But see, because of our perception of how love works, we got our perception from life experiences. Now we, now we have a perception. Same thing in money, same thing in faith, same thing walking with God. And we have a perception of everything. Okay? That perception is built upon primarily experiences that we've had. Now, we bring those experiences into new environments, but we hold on. Let's go back to personal relationships. Somebody hurts you, and then you, you ever heard this happen to people before? Then you hold the next person responsible of what the last person did. It's because your perception. You perceive they're the same way. Even though it's a totally different person from a totally different background, a totally different whatever. Perception. Now, the Bible here is going to tell us how we can perceive, how we can understand. In fact, this word perceive is to know or to understand. How we can understand God's love for us. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. Now, this is a statement. Every Easter, you know, we deal with this. And this is a statement that every Christian knows. He died for me. The wages of sin are death. We all understand what a wage is. It's it's recompense for action. So you go to work and you put action in for eight hours a day. And on Friday, you get a wage. 
It's payment for what you did. Sin has a payment. We're all going to receive it, except Jesus came, and this is the power of this statement, He received the wage for you and me. We did the crime. We did the sin. We lived in the debauchery. But because of love, He took that payment for us. This is how we perceive His love. Now, if we don't have a real reality of the depth of his love for us, or let me rephrase that. If we don't have a reality of the penalty of sin, then the death that he did is not going to have a reality to us either. Well, you know, grace is there. Praise God. Uh, Through grace, I'm saved. And and hallelujah, praise the Lord. Uh, I'm I'm going to heaven now. Now, do, do you understand that the only thing you and I deserve is hell for eternity. It's the only thing we deserve. People say, I deserve better. No, you don't. You deserve to go to hell. But because of Jesus and his love, there's a way out. We can live on a level, if we get a reality of this love, it will govern the things that we do. Now, let's keep reading because this gets harder. And we, say that's me, that's me. ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Wait, ooh, ooh. I must have the wrong Bible. Does yours say that? <laughs> this is how we perceive the love of God. Now, let's go back to walls. Have you ever seen somebody doing something that looks like they're coming against you and you fought back? Yes. It's because of that wall. He says that we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Well, that's the hard part. He didn't say we should lay down our lives for him. He doesn't need us to die for him because he died for us. He says now, now what am I trying to do? I'm trying to paint a picture of the reality of God's love. His love is so great. He says, let, let, let me clue you in on a little on a, not a little, but a big higher level of living. You should be this love and, give, and be, be willing to lay down your life for others. So wait, 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 wait. What's in it for me? See, that's a statement that doesn't understand the love of God because he said, I would never leave you nor forsake you. He wants us to walk in the higher. In fact, this goes back to my offering verse, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. See, right now I'm dealing with my own understanding. This don't sound like it's good for me. Then you get into the portion of the service where we're receiving tithes and offerings and we're thinking, this don't sound good for me. But see, if we understand his love, he's not, God is not trying to keep things from us. He's trying to get us into greater things. And he says, this is how we perceive. Now, look at verse 15. Whosoever hateth his brother. Now, if you look up that word hate, um, there's uh, three uh, definitions I wrote down from the original Greek. It means hate, to detest. But there's another one called love less. Uh, There's another scripture over in the Gospels that says, unless you hate your father, mother, sister, brother, you have no part of me. He wasn't telling you to detest them or to hate them. He was saying, if you love them more than me, you have no part of me. That, so, so if we, we look at that in this context in verse 15, whosoever loves less his brother or, or whosoever 
detest his brother. Or, or when you look at somebody and there's a something that rises up in you. I'll, I'll use me. I'm Caucasian. You probably couldn't figure that out. Uh, you know, if you say something like, yeah, all those white people, they just. You, you've just you've just classified me in a racist manner that indicates your love less. No, I'm a people, you're a people. Wouldn't you like to be a people too? <laughs> okay, see, see, God said, you ought to be willing to lay your life down for the brother. So there, there's no room for racism in, in walking with God. Amen. But you know that there is? Yeah. People classify differently? Yeah. See, I, I should be, my walk with you, and your walk with me, my walk with you should be a walk of love no matter how you're behaving, no matter how you're acting, no matter what you're saying. This love walk, see now, if I can do that, if I can love you no matter what, now I'm going to walk in a higher level and that higher level is going to be freedom because you can never do anything to me that would cause me to get out of my love walk. But you know, a lot of people are bound in this. Now, go to Matthew chapter 24. Amen. My, my focus here lately, no matter what I've been speaking on, <clears throat> my focus has been being rapture ready. Number one, I want to be rapture ready no matter what. You know what my problem is with being rapture ready? Anybody know? Yeah. What? You. Yeah, it's David. David's the only problem I have with being rapture ready i got to constantly put him down. David likes to um, act up. David likes to lean to his own understanding. I'm not dumb. I know that. I, I, I've said it before. I can figure my way out of anything. I have a very logical mind, and, and I can calculate and determine, and even if it goes wrong, I can figure out a, a, a thing, and, and, and it's a battle for me. But the Bible says, trust, tr trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. So if I'm leaning to my own understanding, i got spots and wrinkles. It's not, it's not going to be easy to be rapture ready, but my focus is on being rapture ready. I can guarantee you, you do not want to miss the rapture. A lot of people's focus is getting people into heaven. That's a great thing. You, don't, you definitely don't want to go to hell. But man, you don't want to be here and what's going on after the church is taken away. You want to be rapture ready. Now, in Matthew chapter 24, verse 10, so everything I'm talking about in the reality of God's love, my Friday on... Uh, uh, upholding the word of God, really this is all stemming from a heart of how to be rapture ready, how to deal with the you, because I guarantee you, you are your biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah. The devil has no power over you. He only has the power of suggestion. You have control of whether you yield to the suggestion or not. Matthew 24, 10 says, and then shall many be offended. Now this is going to be a big problem. We live in a very offended nation. Uh, I stopped watching Sean Hannity a long time ago. You can like him or hate him. It doesn't really matter. But I used to watch something because he always said, I'm so offended over this. I thought, dude, you're offended over everything. I don't want to listen to you in your offense. Many shall be offended at different things. And if you notice it, people are real touchy these days that if you say something that they don't like, whew, you got you to watch what you say all the time. This, this is where I say people just need to learn the language of silence. 
keep some of your opinions to yourself. Um, but, but everybody's walking around in offense. He says, many shall be offended and shall betray one another. We're seeing that. And shall hate one another. Now, if you take that element, Matthew tw- chapter 24 is talking about the time before Jesus comes back. But uh, take that hate part and go back to 1 John. Actually read all the 1st, 2nd, 3rd John because he is the apostle of love and he talks about this love walk. Now, verse 11, and many false prophets shall arise. Do you know what we have right now? A lot of false prophets. Now, there's a lot of legitimate ones, too. But there's a lot of false ones. Most people don't study their Bible or pray enough to know the difference between the two. They judge it based on whether they like what the people say. It's always funny to me when somebody says, oh, this prophet, they're never wrong. You know where they got that from? The TV program that they were watching that the announcer said, this guy's never wrong. They never went back and looked at the prophecies to see if they all matched up. Getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. How many shall, shall be deceived? Many. Don't think that you're not one of them. If you think you can't be deceived, you're already the first step open to being deceived. Amen. This deception is going to be so hard, so, so powerful, that, in fact, another verse says that, that deception will be so great that even the very elect would be deceived. So, so don't, don't put that down. Now, I'm not talking on uh, prophets or deception or anything like that. I'm talking about the love of God. He's telling us these things because he loves us. He's warning us. But now here, let's get to the point. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. There's a power that's at play right now that is working against your love. The Bible says of Lot, who pitched his tent near Sodom and Gomorrah, that the filthy language vexed his righteous soul. The conversation that went on in the arena of the geographical area of where he lived vexed his righteous soul. Because wickedness abounds. It doesn't mean that you're involved in wickedness. It means that because this, the power behind wickedness and the different things that different people are doing in wickedness it will cause the love of many to wax cold. There will be a sedimentation of the love of God, of the love of the Word, of the love of being in His presence. It's not that you're participating in it. It's not that you're caught up in it. It's because it's around you. You have got to guard your your love factor. And that's that's a two-sided factor of realizing God loves me no matter what's going on in front of me. And I'm going to stay in love no matter what people are doing to me. This is the reality of God's love. It is so powerful. God said he is love that the whole essence of God is wrapped up in this word. Love. Many shall be offended. We watch it today. You know, many people leave this church, go to that church because they're offended that what this person is doing. They go over there, then they get offended because that person is doing it. So then they go over there. It's kind of like, uh, what, was that, what was that lady's name that was in Hollywood? She's dead now. Um, she's like married seven or ten times or something Elizabeth. like that. Elizabeth Taylor. And, uh, you know, in the conversation, she had a reason for every marriage why it went wrong. She, she never looked at herself. She was the only one involved in all seven. <laughs> See, we can't be deceived. 
this, this power that's at work is working against you. And we've got to keep our love walk there. But watch this, verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So you and I have got to have a focus, which is going to come from this reality of the love of God, that I can make it all the way to the end. It's not going to, to deter me. It's not going to, to change me. It's not going to, to alter my course. I'm going to stay in the love of God, and I'm going to stay and remember that He loves me. And so this is a powerful point that love is the answer. Now go to Jude chapter 1. That's right before Revelations, toward the back of your Bible. Jude chapter 1. Jude chapter 1 verse 17. But beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before the prophets and our, of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. Now, these mockers are going to be part of that wickedness that shall arise. It's going to be more targeted than it was like in the days of Lot that I mentioned. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. But watch this in verse 20. But you, beloved, build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God. Now, that, that statement, the way it's stating, shows us something. The love of God is not moving. You and I move. If you and I will keep ourselves in the love of God, then there's a power that we can stand on to get us through whatever. Watch this. Looking for mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, in love, we still need mercy. Because we be humans, and we get goofy at times. We're a work in progress, right? Amen. Just quit focusing on the work in progress and start focusing on being in Him. But we all are a work in process. Now, what is mercy? Mercy is when I deserve something, but it is not imparted to me. In fact, I just heard uh, Pastor Harbaugh, I think it was on Wednesday night, retell his story of uh, when he came to California the first time that we met and he was driving back to Los Angeles. They're going to um, uh, LAX to fly out. And, you know, it's what, four or five lanes, whatever it is. And they got the HOA lane over there. And uh, he lives in rural Idaho. They don't, uh, or not Idaho, Ohio. And uh, they don't have HOA lanes. Um, there's like 40,000 people in the whole county. You don't need an extra lane for two people in a car. And so uh, uh, they were stuck in traffic looking, you know, get, trying to get to the airport. And they saw this left lane over there. The cars were just moving along while everybody was stuck. And so uh, he crossed the double line, got over there. And I was driving for a bit. And a uh, uh, highway patrol comes up with lights on and everything like that. And he looks over and says, oh, highway patrol's behind me. And uh, uh, they must be after somebody. So he just popped back over in the right-hand lane. And he said that a high patrolman got right on his back bumper and on his loudspeaker and says, move it over all the way to the right. And he looks back over at Angel and says, he's after me. <laughs> and so uh, uh, it, traffic was full, so he had to kind of wiggle and everything like that, get in front of people and get all, go across four lanes, whatever it was, get over to the right-hand side. And the highway patrolman came up and uh, over on the right-hand side where Angel was, they rolled down the window and he looked in. And uh, he said, sir, do you know why I pulled you over? He says, I have no idea. He said, you just drove through an invisible wall. 
pastor said he's thinking, well, I'm glad it was invisible. Um, <laughs> and he says, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. And he says, there was a double solid line uh, in the, in the uh, uh, HOA lane, and you just crossed it. He says, do you know what the fine for this is? Uh, he said, no, 150 bucks. And he says, no, it's $372 plus court costs. And as he was telling the story uh, on Wednesday, which he was speaking on mercy, uh, he said this just came out of the, He said he, he didn't think of this. It just came out of the spirit. He says, sir, he says, uh, if judgment is served, I owe you in the state of California $372 plus court costs. But I'm not asking for judgment. I'm asking for mercy. And he said the, the, the CHP like lifted up his sunglasses and he goes, what? <laughs> and he says, if judgment is served, I owe you at the state of California $372 plus court costs. But I'm asking that judgment be not served, but mercy. And he said, the guy just turned around, walked off, went back to his car and uh, sat back there for a while. And he said he started getting mouthy in the car like, I wish he'd finish his donuts and get up here. And, and he says, I'm about to mess up the whole thing, not understanding what God's doing. And uh, uh, the officer comes back up and uh, says, sir, I'm going to grant you your mercy. Go ahead and take off and don't cross that line again. That's what mercy is. Wait, let's go back and read the verse again. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. With love comes mercy. The things that would cause us to be guilty of in God's eyes, if we stay in the love of God, mercy will be present. What a powerful story to the, yes. to the, uh, to the element of love. God is, loves us so much, He has built in so many different ways to keep us out of so much stuff so that we can experience everything that He paid for. Now, can you, can you open yourself to, to the love of God? That, that comes down to the big question. Because let's just talk plainly, it's hard. Yeah. I mean, because we're, 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 we protect ourselves because of what other people's done. Now, go to 1 Peter chapter 4. Amen. I'm going to show you something here. I'm probably going to dig into this a little bit more uh, tomorrow if I go that way. But 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1. Uh, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Now, he suffered for us in the flesh. He, the cat of nine tails on his back, the crown of thorns on his head, a spear in his side, nails in his feet, nails in his hands, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> the whipping post, uh, the suffocation on the cross, everything. So, so at, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, you and I don't have to be put on the cross. Notice what he says. Arm yourself likewise with the same mind. Develop a mindset that no matter what is coming at you, the love of God is greater. Yeah, it got quiet, didn't it? It doesn't matter what that person's doing to you. You love them. Walk in love with them. It doesn't matter how it looks like people have ganged up on you. Love them. Stay in the love. It doesn't matter that, that, that everything seems to be falling apart around you. Walk in love. In the love we'll find mercy. In the love we'll find the power of God. That he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. So like, let's just pretend here right now that Peter was, you know, really getting in my face, mouthing off. The desire of flesh might be to clock him. You know, there, there's still people that react that way. It's like I, I've said many times, 
man, by the time you graduate out of high school, you should be done with fist fighting. I mean, we should, we should have some maturity, but you know, that doesn't always happen. Okay, you didn't like that one. Uh, <laughs> keep, keep your mouth shut. Have you ever escalated an argument? Because you had to say it? Got to get the last word, which is never the last word, because you're going to deal with it three years down the road, too. Arm yourself with the same mind. If we, if we ever understand the reality of God's love for us, it will keep us out of things that are designed to kill, steal, and destroy in our life. The process of walking is not fun. It takes, it takes a lot of maturity to keep your mouth shut, to not engage in the problem. But if the reality of God's love is there, you will see the benefit of, of operating in the love of God and you will rely on Him to take care of the situation, which He said He would do. He wants life to work for us. He wants us to have more than enough so that we can abound to every good work. He wants us to live in health so His glory can be seen uh, through us and that by His stripes they were not wasted because we won't believe in it. He wants us to have peace with one another. Uh, Christians, you know, the, the statistics on Christians taking antidepressants is the same as those out, outside the world. Man, if you've got Christ and the love of Christ, what's there to be depressed about? It's a lack of reality. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. You remember I told the story about how uh, before I would look at problems, something would come up, I'd get this all discombobulated. And I finally realized based on a, a, a scripture out of the book of Romans that uh, he would never allow more to come on us than what we're able to bear, but with all things we'll make a way of escape. And I, I translated that into there's an answer for everything. God has an answer for everything. And I, and I made the determination that I, I've got to stop myself from looking at the problem and start looking for the answer, but my, my brain was wired to look at the problem. So I started saying, and, and I've said it many times, uh, it was probably several times every hour. I mean, I immersed myself in David. There's an answer to everything. You cannot find yourself in a problem that there's not an answer to. There's nothing that you will ever experience in this lifetime that there's not an answer to. God has an answer for everything. He will not allow it more to come on you than what, what your, the, your present faith has the power to overcome. And everything has a way of escape. And he will not allow you to be destroyed. He loves you. He, there's an answer for everything. And I just kept saying there's an answer for everything. There's an answer for everything. And in various ways and different manners, I just kept saying there's an answer for everything. There's an answer for everything. And and till I got to the point where my brain had heard it enough, it started looking for the answer in everything. Amen. Jesus loves me. Yeah. How are you going to build it? You, you've got, Jesus loves me. Okay, yeah, I, I've got a horrible past. Jesus loves me. Yeah, I did do that stupid thing, but Jesus loves me. He forgave me. I asked him to forgive me. He said he forgave me because he loves me. This is why I told you two weeks ago to start saying to yourself, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Uh, uh, the song you guys said where it said he loves me. What was the other phrase that it said that I was repeating on that last song? He's what? Yeah, but he's for me. 
He's, I would add that in there. Jesus loves me and he's for me. Jesus, for, Jesus is for me. He's not against me. He's not trying to create problems. The enemy comes looking for whom he may devour. But Jesus loves me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He's for me. He's not against me. Jesus is for me. And, and start saying it enough times until you can get it from here inside here. So if somebody comes like Dr. Mises and they put a, a gun to your chest, <clears throat> what comes out of your mouth is Jesus loves me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Let's go to one last verse in 2 John chapter 1. One six, And this is love. Here's the love. This is love. That we walk after his commandments. See, once we get a reality of God's love, I will want his word. See, a lot of people are trying to uh, justify words, bring words down to where they live, to their understanding. Uh, There's a spiritual realm that overshadows this natural realm that most people live, you know, totally unaware of. But the spirit realm has far more power. Once I start getting a glimpse of what's available to me in that, which is wrapped in love, on all these things hang uh, all the law and commandments that you love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that... As you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. From the very beginning, it was all about love. Let's stand. The reality of God's love. The reality of God's love. I don't understand. I was thinking, uh, I was driving around thinking, I was driving someplace, and I was thinking about the reality, and then I got to the office, and I looked on Facebook, and Pastor Kenny Gatlin actually made a post on it. And uh, I, I said, yeah, this... Uh, talking about what God has for us. People fight to stay in their destruction. It's an amazing thing to me. Now remember, you can, if you want to get going to me, I like the easy button. I want to walk in God. It's a lot easier. It works a lot better. So I, I don't know. My mindset's different. I want, I, I'm trying to figure out what part of me is not following the word. Two reasons. I want to be rapture ready. And the things that aren't working, I want them to start working. But there's so many people that live their life, it's destructive. Their money's destructive. Their families are destructive. Their kids are going stupid. Uh, but yet they still fight for their right to live, to live in destruction. God loves you so much. He wants to get everything out of it and get you into a place of peace where you can walk with peace. He wants to heal your body. Somebody said, well, then why doesn't he? Because he set up a system. There's faith. There's things that we have to do on it. James chapter 4, he says, draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. Move closer to me, and I'll move closer to you. There's things that we got to remove. Like I said, my only problem is David. I got to deal with the way I think, the way I act, uh, the way I perceive things, and make sure that they're in line with God. In, li- in line with his word, because if I get the word in, now I can say, God, remember he says to come to him? God, I'm standing on this word right here. You're obligated. God, 
You said if I tithe, if I handle a tenth of my increase holy, you would rebuke the devourer on my behalf. I need you to, I need you to step in here and rebuke for me. See, if I stay on the word and I get David out of the way, I've got a right to, to stand and bring God's attention to it. God, you said you watch out for your word. If I'm doing it wrong, show me. But everything I see here, I've been doing this. I need you to intervene. When it feels like, do you, have you ever felt like it's just like the weight of the world is on you and, and you just don't know what you're going to do to get to the next step? Oh, wait a minute, God, you said you would not allow more to come on me than I, would able, than I am able to bear. Why am I carrying this? Oh, yeah, 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 you said cast it over on you. <coughs> cast all your cares over on him. You know how many people live under their own cares? And there's a Jesus said, hey, throw them over here. And then we get so smart because, you know, we're clever. We take our care, we tie a rope around it, and we throw it. And then a couple hours later, we just pull it right back. Amen. Meditating on it. Why don't we meditate on what God said? Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning. Yes, Lord. The reality of your love. The reality of your love. God, let us experience the reality of your love. Let us experience the reality of your love. Well, she's going to hate this, but Sybil, I'm going to put you on the spot. Come here for a minute. Where is she? Is she sitting down? Come here, Sybil. You can get mad at me later. Come on up, come on up. I never get okay, grab that microphone. You're going to have to talk in it. You know what story I'm going to have you tell? No. When the love of God just surrounded you that day. Oh, okay. I want you to tell. Is, what time are you talking about? When I was in the hospital? That time that you told me that it, you couldn't hardly handle it. It's just like God's love. I think it was in the hospital. Yeah. Go ahead. I was in the hospital. I had a they can't hear you. Your voice is wrong. I was in the hospital. I had a triple bypass. And before I had the surgery, I told the doctor, the nurses that was getting me ready for the surgery, I said, I want to talk to my doctor. And she said, well, what do you want to talk to her for? And I said, because I want to talk to her and I want to pray before she does the surgery. And he said, she, they said, well, you pray with us. And I said, okay, I did. I will. And I started praying and asking God to, to uh, guide her hands and everything. And then the next thing I know, I was coming through. But in, during the surgery, I felt like God was holding me. And he was talking to me, but he wasn't saying anything. But I could feel what he was saying. And all my life, I was always trying to prove myself to somebody that I was decent and good. And he looked at me and said... I love you the way you are. And I told Pastor David when he came to see me, I said, I wished I could sell somebody like that to tell him how God told me that they lo he loved me just the way I am. And I'm so thankful for that. And he's answered so many prayers for me. And didn't you also say that his love just surrounded you, that there was yes, like a physical he presence? Me, he, it, was, it was like he was taking me places. Beautiful and flowers and trees and, and these rocks and there was a 
big old rock and it's kind of a cliff and, and a song came to my mind in the cliffs of the rock. Yes. There was a song like that. And I just had an experience with God and I wanted to talk to my doctor. And you know, I have not seen her since I had the surgery. I don't remember seeing her after I had the surgery. And I've even asked doctors, where is she? I want to talk to her. I want to find out if I, you know, coded or whatever, because I had an experience with God, and it's changed my life. Because even though we may not be what we think we should be, God loves us anyway. Amen. And I am so thankful for you, Pastor David. Amen. Amen. And I never get mad at you. Amen. Thank you. But you know what? God is no respecter of person. He wants to meet you in your most difficult time. And he wants to carry you through it. He understands. He, in, in a, what I've been dealing with, like on Friday, he's not concerned about hardnesses because he knows he loves us and he knows he can handle it. It's you and I that get concerned about the difficulty. If we can get a reality of his love, there is no difficulty that will hold us back. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning. I pray this morning, God, that we will see it. God, that the eyes of our understanding would be opened. Lord, that you love us so much, you would never leave us nor forsake us. Even when we totally turn our back on you, you're still there calling us because you love us. You know the end from the beginning and you don't want us to go down the wrong path that leads to a, uh, an element that, that keeps us you know, in hell or in bondage or in anything else. God, you want to wrap your arms around us. God, help us, Lord, that in whatever situation we're in, yes. that we will allow you to come wrap your arms yes. around us. God, as I've preached on the reality of your love for three weeks now, God, open the eyes of our understanding to this love, how we can operate in it, how we can live in it, God, how we can expect your mercy to flow into our lives. Lord, that we can walk in these things, Lord Jesus. Lord, it's even your love, God, that gives us the right as we've been praying, Lord, that the apostle will show up. God, because there's giftings in that, you want to do things in us, and you love us so much, God, that you're not going to let us be ashamed. We're going to see it. We're going to see it. God, that as we walk in this week, Lord Jesus, Lord, I pray, God, that you stir in our heart. God, let us sense your love. Let us know your love. As, as Sybil's testimony, God, let there be a reality, God, in it. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he has bound so many people with this idea, like Sybil said, that we're not good enough, that we've just done too much wrong, that... that Whatever the, the wording that we've put on it that makes us not qualified, God, it's all a lie. It's all a lie. God, we want to come into your presence. We want to live in your presence. God, we want to experience that love like we will in eternity with you. God, where all things are made whole. Where your peace, God, guides us in all things. Lord, I thank you, God, for what you're doing in our hearts, Lord Jesus. Our desire, Lord Jesus, and it, it ties into this reality of love, is to be part of your, the rapture of the church. That when you come, appear in the air, that we will be there ready, waiting, 
to meet you in the air. God, and that we will walk this thing out in your purposes and in your plans. In Jesus' name, amen.